Hello and welcome to Repertory Screenings episode 40 for Decades of Excellence. I'm your host, Dan, with me are my regular co-host Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Ahoy. Uh, and we're here to talk about movies. Who's seen a fucking movie? Uh, not me. <laughs> not Jackson. Once again, not Jackson. <laughs> Once again, not me. <laughs> Destiny, have you seen a movie? No. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> uh, Lazy I saw, times. I, Yep, no, I rewatched uh Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Uh Oi because the, the Arrow set finally came out. We talked about this on a podcast. Uh not this feed. If you go to your uncle's beach house, uh you can find it at normapping.com. This is where we talk mostly about anime, but uh it's basically where, where people pay us money on Patreon to watch a movie or a TV show. We talk about it there. And uh we watched that movie and talked about it last year, year before that. I don't even remember at this point. Could have been a thousand years ago. Um but that set finally came out on Blu-ray. I picked it up, watched the first movie again with the outrageous UK manga dub, which uh, puts techno over all the quiet scenes where there's no music. Because apparently the movie is too boring without some with one ripping techno song played ten times over the course of the film. I have ordered this since <laughs> you watched this and were like, holy shit. And I was like, well, I have to order this Blu-ray immediately uh, because I also don't really remember, you know would behoove me to rewatch the first one before we uh, continue on watching the um oh yeah we haven't talked so later about that but we're definitely covering the second one very soon so yeah i intend to watch that scene um and <laughs> you please showed me a clip of the first like 30 seconds and instantly i was like oh this is too good this is too fucking good <laughs> yep <laughs> otherwise just like a straight you know everyone speaks british and it's fun to make fun of british people you know that's half of uh, the abnormal mapping <laughs> appeal but, yep. Um, Is it? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not really. I just like saying oi a lot. That's it. Oi. Oi it's postings been a gone up a thousand percent in 2021. So uh, the only stock better than GameStop. Oh, relevant news. I, I don't fucking know. AMC, I guess, is the movie podcast. Anyway, I watched it. It was good. <laughs> I watched the, yeah. uh, the, 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 it comes with a commentary. The commentary is less good. Um, the guy reads like a YouTube essayist. He just is, like is too brash and reading off a script clearly. And I don't know. It was kind of annoying. Uh, he tried very hard to be like vaguely funny in the way that YouTube film essayists are. And just tell me the facts, dude. I'm um, excited to watch that one as well. There's a specific fight. The idea of like a YouTube type guy, I assume it's not a YouTube guy, but a guy in these no. critical circles doing an audio commentary instead of like an edited essay where you can do like jump cuts and uh, punchlines. Um, and then there was a bunch of special features, helpfully, but not useful for me right now. Uh, when you click to any of the special features, it's like, a uh, warning, this thing has spoilers for the other two movies in the, the trilogy. I'm like, well, that's helpful to know. Thank you. But damn, <laughs> can't watch them then. Can't watch them. Yeah, I'll get there, but not yet. Um, it's good that they let you know, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're stuff that uh, was created for like the entire trilogy or retrospectives on it. So that makes sense. Know. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it seems like a good set. Uh, I like that Arrow has distribution in the U.S. now because uh, they made stuff that we couldn't get here for a long time. <coughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I haven't <coughs> really like followed Blu-rays in four years uh, since Brexit stuff. I guess really. Um, but um, I'm I'm glad. I always like the Arrow ones, so I'm glad that they're still they've expanded yep. a bit. 
the one thing, maybe this isn't true of all the releases, but I feel like a lot of the stuff Arrow brings over here is like really, like way more limited. Like Criterion keeps printing discs. Unless yes. they lose the rights, you can get a Criterion film. Um, and that doesn't seem to be true with Arrow. Like they had that Gamera in like a big box set that sold out instantly. And this is the second printing with like less special stuff in it. Same price though. They're, they're just a way smaller company. Criterion yes. have a stranglehold on this shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's more, it just, it's weird because it's more like the, um, like the, uh, I don't even remember the name of the publisher, but they do like a lot of horror movies. It's always like, we're doing a Blu-ray run of like 5,000 copies. That's what we're doing because we don't think we're going to sell more than that. And when they're out of print, like once we sell them out, they will sell out. They're done. You got to buy them on eBay for like twice the price. Yep. Um, it's uh, obnoxious, but I guess it's a reality of physical media. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, anyway. That's it. I have another movie, but I'm I'm gonna, I'm saving it for another podcast because that podcast needs content desperately. We so. have no content. If you want some content? <laughs> yeah. Listen to Voip Life. Yeah, uh, if you want to listen to me talk about Kong Skull Island, how fucking weird that movie is. Listen to Voip Life, I guess. For a full hour, because we have nothing else. That's not true. We have other stuff. We'll be talking about Halo ODST and a couple other things. So I guess so. I guess that's content. Yeah. Um. That's it. Uh, I guess we should get in the movie. The movie this time. Is the wind that shakes the barley? I can't do the voice anymore. It feels inappropriate. <laughs> it feels, feels a little <laughs> rude for you to. Yes. Every, if you've not heard M um, on other podcasts, I don't know where, how you'd have missed this. But every time they said the wind that shakes the barley, they would say the wind that shakes the barley in a ridiculous is, British voice because it's, it's called the wind that shakes the barley, <laughs> which uh, doesn't read as anything. Uh, I know it's like based on a song, but like it just sounds like the most pretentious, like you know, arranging matches possible title for a film yes uh well the movie is the exact opposite of that yeah so this movie yeah. is uh written by paul leverty uh directed by ken loach it came out in 2006 um and uh jackson you want to tell us what's about as our resident person from that part of the world <laughs> well <laughs> sure uh this is about uh the uh irish war of independence and the irish civil war uh it's like a four-year period around 1920 to 1923, um, where uh, two brothers are fighting in uh, the uh, IRA against the British Army. And it goes through their journey, uh, both as like uh, comrades in the IRA and then the split after the founding of the Free State. Uh, uh, Cillian Murphy, the main character, ends up on the side of the IRA and the anti-treaty IRA. And uh, Teddy O'Donovan... Uh, on the other side uh joins the um the national army and uh, <coughs> eventually uh, is victorious and by victorious i mean executes his brother because his brother refuses to uh, give in and uh accept uh this like british dominion state that is technically independent in name um and is executed and that's the end of the movie history happens it's uh very, it's a very light plot movie. It's just watching the arc of history play out. I guess that was a bad explanation if you don't know anything about Ireland. Yeah, that's the thing is like I knew like vague stuff, but like I feel like I've been more educated watching this one film than like the entirety of my experience with the world for the last thirty five years put together. Okay, so all right, so eight hundred years ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ireland is a is a functionally a colony uh, of the of the uk and of england originally and eventually the uk uh and has been rebelling against the british for literally like almost a millennia 
uh, well, not quite MLM, but like since it started, it's been constantly rebelling. We are always doing just unbelievable violence to Ireland in a way that is just just fucked up. Um, you know, this is the thing that Cromwell's famous for. Uh, other than the uh, like his actual history, like the 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 thing you always learn is you learn about all the like British Civil War stuff in school and all, oh, Cromwell, a very principled figure or whatever, and then you actually look at what he did and he was like committing genocide in Ireland and. Uh, so that's that's the history of the British Empire in Ireland, and um, there are many re- many rebellions. This one is a vaguely successful rebellion in that it like uh, <laughs> fo- focuses around like guerrilla warfare uh, and leads to uh, the British leaving in name. Right, they the by the end of the the War of Independence, the British troops are no longer in Ireland and are replaced uh, with the Irish National Army, which is an independent and self. Uh, like self-policing organization in Ireland that is still technically part of the dominion <laughs> like it's a dominion of the British Empire so it's basically like an independent in name uh, but still structurally uh, part of the British Empire and that is the tension of the back half of the movie um, and then this leads to like this is why Northern Ireland isn't part of Ireland this is why uh the like troubles happen and like the general trend of irish politics since this point has been trying has been a large majority of people trying to push the politics towards uh uniting with northern ireland and completely breaking status with the british empire and you know the, that's Sinn fein and then DD, dup stand in their way those are like the more moderates uh who believe in i guess I don't. I don't know. This is now getting out of my like area of things I can say for sure. I don't remember the specifics here, yes. um, of like modern Irish politics, I guess. But broadly speaking, that's how. That's what the movie's about. Yeah, that's fair. Thank you. Um, but specifically, this movie is like aiming to tell a story of the like. Uh, irish war of independence framing it as like what it is right which is a colonial uprising and social revolution uh and failed social revolution specifically um and placing it within context as like there are other colonies of the british empire and this happened and not just british empire right like this is happening across the world what does it mean for a colony to take path to being actually independent what does independence entail it entails owning not just like you're having a country but owning your land owning the like uh raw materials because imperialism is about extracting raw materials from countries yeah um i I, the thing i think is interesting about this specifically is this goes a step further even it's like it's not enough for us to be like the landlords of our own country we need to throw off the like the whole idea of what like british capitalism has instilled in our people yes Uh, you know it's it's the it's the teens and early 20s people really be talking about socialism seriously now (laughs) yep yeah this is happening like you know slightly after but basically concurrent with everything in russia right like yes uh this is the time for it. This is the potential is there in the air in this movie, and this is a movie basically about how that potential gets close and then dissipates, and the tragedy of that happening. Yeah. Uh, so, who wants to actually talk about the movie now that we've set the stage? 
Um, yeah, I really like this. It was good. I, uh, you know, you get movies like this, you're always like, oh, it's going to be like, you know, going to be sad and people are going to be very serious for two hours. And that's absolutely what this movie is. But it's a breezy, sad and serious for two hours. A lot of it is like men in nice hats and coats crawling through fields uh, in a way that's like entertaining. Because um, it's like, oh, right. This is like what it means to like just teach people who like are like farmers to like go out and fight in like a you know, politically motivated way in the ways in which that can fail when you know we we taught everyone how to shoot a gun but not how to think about geopolitics yes. uh there's a bit when right after the um right after the treaty sign where everyone's sitting around like well d- d- is this good like how, we have to figure out what what we think about this <laughs> um that is honestly like I think it's like one of the most interesting things in a movie like this we've seen. Cause I don't think I've ever seen this before. People just sitting around being like, this political event happened. How do we read this? Do we trust the people who told us it, even though we, the, you know, the people we technically are working for. Um, and how do we follow through? And it, you know, it ends up splintering everyone into pieces like as a group. Uh, and I think that stuff's really good. Yes. Um, when, when, uh, <laughs> whenever, when everyone stands up and tells the, uh, the uh catholic priest to fuck himself because he sides with the rich all the time that a little more on the nose <laughs> less interesting <laughs> fun but um, less interesting i still enjoy it it's pretty fun fuck that guy yeah fuck that guy it is but... the most cartoonish scene in the movie though <laughs> yes <laughs> because the movie has been like uh really smartly constructed in that it's not like and like it's still a very social realist like ken loach directed this movie and ken loach does these kind of social realist films and uh it's one of those it feels very naturalistic but it's also constructed to be like an abstraction right like we understand that the irish army is bigger than 12 guys in a room uh but the movie is about how every army and every state is just some guys in a room yeah uh and it does a really good job of like portraying the like tensions within that through character arcs and people that you recognize um and like very naturalistic interactions but also understand that like there is no like glamour and like structure that actually holds any of this up it's all people it's all made of people every society is made of people it's all it is there's a there's a scene Mm -hmm. where they come into uh the like new government trying to like hold trials just like basic like petty like you know civil claims court stuff like this this guy lent this money this lady and he's you know uh he's overcharging her interest and they're like you can't do that like you know what are you doing here? Like, you're not supposed to be exploiting the people in your community. Like, knock it off. And uh, he yells. And then the, the soldiers come in and are like, we buy guns from that guy. We need him to sell us guns. Like, give us money to buy guns. Um, if he doesn't, if he's if he's mad at you, he's not going to sell guns to us because we're fighting for you. Um, and this, like, uh, we we talked about this. We joked about this in, I think it was on GGP when we watched Ghost of the Shell. I think it was Ghost of the Shell. So, wh- where's the anime where they're like, nation building's really hard? Was that a Gundam thing? It might have been a Gundam that thing. That was Star Trek. That was, was the really? middle of sex oh, season. <laughs> that was season two. That's section 30, uh, uh, the Admiral is talking to Section 31 thing. It's like, nation building's hard. And we were like, damn, this show's really aware of stuff. And then it drove itself directly off a cliff. Well, the thing, the thing <laughs> I was going to say is, a lot of times uh nation building's hard shows up in fiction because we refer to it every once in a while as like a justification for like this is a story about like military people doing evil things and in, in, in under the guise of like it's ideologically appropriate to do so um 
And this is nations building hard because sometimes you have a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing in court trying to, like, create a government that people have faith in. And that's really fucking hard when, like, there's already class dynamics and, you know, functions of the prior government you want to, over like, get rid of in play. Like, this this guy has money. He's lending it out. He is getting – he's extorting interest out of people. That is a bad thing. But you can't just, like, you know – <laughs> mostly you can't just you know kill those people and take their money unfortunately it hasn't really worked that well before other than you know mao did it that's it uh yeah um but like that's the tension in that scene right is it like yes yeah yeah, yeah. they're like what do we do like you know we, we need this guy um but he sucks but the, you know they're used to doing handshake deals in the pub like the soldiers are willing to walk this guy out and like give him some money to make him feel better and uh continue on their way um so when that and- scene started uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think oh, I was just, and like the frustration of the, like, you know, it's, it's all the women running the government because the guys are out in the field shooting the guns, right? Like, they're all like, <laughs> you can't undercut us like this. Like, yes. people need to believe in this shit. Um, yep. And they're right. Like, I mean, so when the, yes. when the, when the scene started, I actually thought the opposite thing was happening. <laughs> um, I thought the soldiers were going to go and be like, you can't let this guy walk out. He'll just sell us out to the British. We have to, like, like get him we have to shoot him in the head <laughs> is what i thought they were gonna do uh but then it went a different way um but it's definitely aware of like you know you have to fight a war with the you can't just invent weapons for the lower class to have yeah you have to somehow harness the power into like a real thing that is real that you can fight with one of the things that really uh struck me is so much of this movie is just people in like coats and hats running around like with like you know pistols and rifles like the the hundred years on like you can't do this because the cops have like riot gear and tanks right like the state has armed itself against this very thing by like over militarizing yes but also they say that that they say they have uh three thousand rifles in ireland yeah three thousand rifles in all of ireland yes yeah there's like there's probably three thousand rifles in the state of Nebraska right now. Probably more than that. Right. Honestly. There's way more than three thousand yeah. rifles in Nebraska. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. There's like three thousand rifles in like three police stations. I'm gonna see if I can look this up if Destiny would like to talk for a bit. Uh I have nothing to say. I'm just listening. There right now in twenty twenty one, there are twenty two thousand registered guns in Nebraska. And does that mean to private indiv- does that even include police? No, this is this is private individuals owning guns. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This isn't this isn't even like this isn't even like an exceptional number. This is actually lower than a lot of states. So the, yeah. the scale is just completely off. <laughs> yes. But even that said, right? Like while uh, this the state will overmilitarize against this um, in the future, that is only notable, I think, because of Ireland's kind of strange, like colonial status of being about five minutes away from england yeah Uh, like the 20th century is full of guerrilla warfare fought against colonial powers like this successfully yes no it's true i just you know looking at this and thinking about like you know the the shit that's happened in the news the past year um Mm -hmm. and just the difference of what like the response from the people in power are um like the part where they didn't actually drive tanks down the roads and there's a bit where they're like, they can't just like come in and like destroy us all. What would the United States think? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> just not yeah, the that world that wild. we live in anymore. I mean, that's, that's at the, that is after the, um, uh, 
the the state is formed. Yeah, I um, know. But you think you think that, like if this happened today, uh, in you know, I don't, I don't like. I just don't like the framework's all different in the politics, or whatever. But like, yeah. no one's gonna bat an eye if a state says no. Actually, like these rebel, these people are like rebelling against us, and we need to put them down. And they just did that. If they just fucking right. bomb them off face there, no one in power would bat an eye. The media would not like side with the people rebelling, right? No, and like later in the like you know in the twentieth century when the IRA start doing bombing campaigns and start like at you know r- really taking it to like the 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 uk uh Mm -hmm. uh for the for the violence it's you know before like before the 90s right and before the like especially before 9-11 um and the configuration of the new idea of the terrorists in the british imagination like Mm -hmm. this is what this the irish filled that role in the way uh like the british talked about the fear of state violence like if you are walking like just in london you and it's like the 80s you are going to be afraid of being blown up by the ira right not i mean not necessarily all of you right you know but you know what i mean in the same way that someone would be being af- afraid of a terrorist attack from isis or whatever now uh, mm-hmm. it was used in the same way uh politically yeah mm. yeah it's just uh it's a lot <laughs> a lot to conceive yep. of because uh yeah it's just i was just struck like uh, you know i'm like oh everyone's in really nice coats oh right everyone would just be wearing like bu- like tactical armor if this was today right like the idea of what yes. like you know uh domestic like individual warfare even like among people who are not the actual soldiers is just so different like you know the dudes who stormed the capital had tactical vests you can just buy those yes yeah but, but that's like a situation of like no one's no one's tried it right yeah In, yeah no within, I know. within like an act like you know this is this is uh ireland is at this point like an official colony but we are talking about like an active resistance guerrilla resistance to like state control in america or europe or somewhere yeah. like that right that's just not happened in this century in any way yeah i mean yeah uh like but you know you even go back to like like black panthers like they had assault rifles like they were you know they were more geared up and they were more active socially and of course you know got historically wiped from history for it yeah no like the state violence would not even blink right it would just fucking destroy you yeah um i wanted to segue into talking about the fucking speed racer guy getting blown away but i don't have a there was a good one and we talked over it (laughs) i mean the segue is that like the thing that is holding that violence together in this movie which um is a true thing that people in the uk believe is that like the uk believe themselves to be the civilized army right which is obviously Mm. not true but it is a real belief that is held here it's really uh, easy mm-hmm. to believe that of yourself when you just get the Irish to police them, like sell out and police themselves, right? Like, yes. Like the black and tans get to do all of the like dirty work of governing, and then these British soldiers come in and they're they are cartoons. They just come in with their fucking British accents and their handshakes and their neat haircuts and uh, shake hands and be like, "Why is this a mess? Why haven't you just fixed this?" <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. UK is an evil country. I mean, this is this is like the point where, like, you know, the UK is the world, half the world at this point. I don't know exactly when it's two. Th- at yeah. some point, it's two thirds of its height, but I don't know mm-hmm. if uh, you know, a nineteen twenty is still 
that i don't know the exact timeline of decolonization and the rarest revolutions that happen and the switch to like more you know financial institutions committing the imperialism rather than states uh yeah. but <laughs> at this point the british empire is massive yeah and the representation we get of that is fucking Roger Allen, the villain from Speed Racer. God, he's so fucking good. He's such a cartoon man in this movie. So he's not overacting is the part that's no, funny to me. No, it's not like Speed oh, Racer he's where he's literally job. like the cartoon anime villain, right? Yeah, and he goes off and he literally walks off the set of this and goes into the thick of it where he's starring as a conservative politician complaining about everything. Uh, but but in the framework of we've just seen like you know an hour of like some guys trudging up a hill, uh, he feels like a car. He feels as exaggerated as the speed racer guy to me. Yes, yes. But that's just how British people are. They really be- like they really believe themselves to be the, to be this these like fucking beacons of empire, despite literally everything around them being like, no, you are yeah. you are nothing. You are nothing. At one point, they called the irish they call them priest ridden backwater or something like that like i can't remember the wording but like the insults are very like we're the upper hand and yeah i know you're right and i mean the 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 the, like immediate incident the like the inciting incident in this movie is there uh uh they're playing um some hurling yes i think it's hurling uh they're playing mm-hmm. some hurling and um the uh, uh the black and tans come in and they just start assorting everyone and this is literally just like a scene of like american police <laughs> um like this is just cops this this is it is a these are like they come in they like oh you had a curfew you're not allowed to gather like this and now we're gonna like you know ex- ex- uh just dump all our power on you in any one who resists is being like provoked in order for us to like feel superior and beat them to death and that's exactly what happens uh and this is just like how police operate um and so i feel like it's like a really good reading of this movie that i don't know how is like necessarily intentional but i you know i don't think it's unintentional right of like the difference between an army and the cops is zero <laughs> uh the like the cops are an occupying military force in like you know the places we live functionally those are the same thing yeah but also the ways in which like the army is used as like a boogeyman to get people to like bow down to the cops right like it's like oh you think we're bad wait when wait until the army gets here and the the army is the same people they actually have less investment because they're not living here (laughs) yes yeah um yeah, it's it's uh it's a fucking mess. Uh, what you do is you fucking take that British guy and you fucking shoot him and the pe- the person who ratted on you. Uh, I really appreciate that there was actual there was no actual like question of like oh did we kill that Chris boy for you know naming names and getting all of us arrested and three of us killed and um you feel bad about it but you got to do it. Uh yep. It's it's a really good scene. It's a really good scene where yeah where he does that. Yeah. Um, because like it's it's. Did a- you- Oh yeah, I was just gonna say you can feel his anguish over it, even though it's like the thing that has to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it does a really good job of like negotiating the just the the complicated emotions of that moment without ever bending the like morality of it in really embarrassing ways, <laughs> uh, which you could easily do in a lesser movie. Yeah. 
Uh, and it, it does, it isn't like, you know, written, like this is the fundamental thing that like makes, uh, uh, makes Damien like, like, you know, he, everything he does at that point follows from that decision that he's like, no, you know, if I believe in this, I have to do it. Um, and the movie Especially never was like, like, it's wrong. You know, the movie says like, yeah, it sucks to have to do, but you have to do it, right? Like, it's not a question of like, oh, he made the wrong choice and he's committed to this path of self-destruction. Right. I, that movie exists, I'm sure, right? Like, people oh, read yeah. this movie this way. Absolutely. People people read this movie this way. Um, because, of course they do. Like, the, the we, <laughs> I, I don't know how people watch it, right? Like, I, I understand people enjoy this movie. It's like, well, like, but my enjoyment of it is so tied up <laughs> in believing in the, like, idea of, no, you have to make a socialist state immediately or it was for nothing that I don't understand. <laughs> Not, you know, I understand generally, but I don't know the emotional reaction that uh, this is going to have to a wide audience who doesn't have that instilled in them because it's so core to the, like, film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I you can't just... even. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I can't even comprehend watching it in any other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Destiny, when we were watching, asked me like, "Why would they just like? Why is Teddy just agreeing?" I'm like, you know, I I don't have a good answer for you to believe in. I have a lot of like thoughts on why someone would choose this, but it's the, it's clearly the wrong choice. He just signs up and becomes the cops. He becomes the guy who ripped his own fingernails out like an hour in the movie before. <laughs> Yeah, it like baffled me. It utter like I thought there was going to be a scene that would explain it better. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I mean, his thing is that like he's motivated by two things. He is motivated by he wants to like be able to like use the power within the war. Right, like the war has given them some negotiating leverage, and this is the position it's got them. And he's like, this is good. Now we can like govern ourselves technically. Um, we have to swear it's oath, but it's an oath. It's fake. It's just words. We know that we're moving. Like it is uh, incrementalism. He believes. He says like like eventually we'll get rid of this treaty. We will you know move towards it. And uh, obviously, Celia Murphy's like well, fuck off, mate. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that uh, he is motivated by the understanding that if if they don't do this, the army will like fucking come in and genocide Ireland. Basically, yeah, the, the real British saying. army will show up because it's not just at that point. It's not just about Ireland, right? Like like. They need to make sure that like all of the British empire like colonies do not Russian Revolution though. Yeah, because yeah, it could happen if if this goes a different way. The what? Yeah, that's that's what the movie is about. The movie does such a good job of situating Ireland in context of an international empire. Yeah. Um, but by yeah, but so. like still framing it in like how hard it is for individual actors to grasp the geo. Like you know we yes. we live in a society, but it's really hard to perceive the society. I mean, and like, um, Cillian Murphy is only able to do that through like Dan, right? Through the train driver, who is a you know the person who teaches him all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, before before uh, Camille comes in and uh, makes fun of you, it's Killian Murphy. I looked up, I made sure, double checked. Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yep. Damn it. Because I, being an American, always say silly, and I know I was like, I think that might be wrong. Okay. Well, it's Killian Murphy. Sorry, Killian. Yep. No. Yeah. I think I still think of him as the the guy from Batman Begins. So you know, he was very surprising <laughs> that he was just really good in this movie. He's fucking great in this film. Yes, he's really good. In this yeah, movie. he's good in a lot of things. I really like him. I mean, everyone's good in this movie. This is a very just like well performed yeah. movie. 
Yeah, like I like Twenty Eight Days Later, but he he just he's just a body in that movie. Like he's not interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was like that and Batman are the two things I think of him from. I was like, what's he doing? Oh, he's in Peaky Blinders. <laughs> he is in Peaky Blinders these days. Peaky Blinders. Nobody thinks of Twenty Eight Days Later. <laughs> yeah, I I like I said, I he's in it, but like I don't think he's like that interesting like i don't think he's an interesting character that he like he's just kind of reacting to things <laughs> kind of blankly <laughs> throughout that movie i like that movie a lot but not because of him yep um but yeah no this is just just a fucking great movie i uh um i found it very emotional <laughs> you know just uh, uh surprised at how much um uh, I just really enjoyed it and being sad about the way history went, I guess. The thing the um, thing that surprised me, I and I haven't seen any Ken Loach movies. Maybe they're all like this. But we, we talk a lot about movies that are, like, about things. And this movie just fucking says the, the thing and still has a good story with, like, good character work around that thing. And those two things don't have to, like, you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. It's just clear about the situation, but still tells, like, a story that's, like, an entertaining movie. You can just have it all. You just make the thing good. <laughs> I mean that that is very much Ken Loach's thing, um, in like, in a way that's kind of weird. In the Ken Loach is a beloved figure in the UK, despite the fact that his entire career is about how evil the UK is, like across the board. Um, well, that's because like, he's, he's making he's making movies, which is not very threatening to a lot of people. I feel like right that's probably more like... than that. Like the this specific aesthetic of like you know working class social realism is in its own way for a lot of like the british media class its own form of exoticism right um like it's a little tourist tourist trip to to what the poor feel like and isn't this emotional um not which isn't against him but this is more against his like weird social position as yeah i mean this is this is the this is the problem of making political art right like you, yes. you can't not let it be commoditized by people who like this is the parasite thing like people talk about this in parasite like the rich people fucking love parasite they don't love care. it they can't get enough they do not care it doesn't um, make the movie bad that that's true though because they will no, always do that to all art yeah no I, this uh, yeah is no way of staying on ken Loach. i was just like putting it in context yeah no no no. i just i know that people are like oh does this mean that does this mean that you know when parasite is like does this mean parasite isn't actually about like about these things or does it successfully it's like has nothing to do with that it's it's about it's completely impossible to like you know you cannot deny how the appetite of the rich will just consume all creation that critiques them and like turn it into its own commodity uh, I think this one's particularly uh, good at that, um, but uh, I, I that is like you know that's what Ken Loach is about. But yeah. I do think the, the the scene in the middle where they are all like debating it and it goes on for like ten minutes is like incredible because it's not ju- like it's just everyone standing around and stating their position on this thing and having arguments that go back and forth. Uh, but the way it does this right isn't like it's not like we hold the world in our hands right this is the moment where history has decided it's just some people in a room trying to figure out what the hell any of this means and it, yeah. it it just really it's such a good scene i love it so much it's probably my favorite scene of the film yeah it also like comes out of the characters that we've already like we know these people are they are not like they don't show up and like deliver like mouthpiece statements that are not who they were before this moment and after this moment right like it just is yes. all really well written mm-hmm just good yeah is there anything else um not really i want to watch uh, more 
I was like, I should watch more Canlidge films. I like the ones I've seen. I, I always think about I could watch I Daniel Blake, but then I'm like, I actually I can't. I cannot watch. I will literally have a panic attack if I watch that movie. What is that? I don't know what that is. It seems like it's, it's I Daniel oh, Blake on. is about a man trying to claim benefits. <laughs> oh well, yeah, okay. And, and you like, probably yeah. shouldn't watch that one. So, like, it I, seems I like it. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It stars Dave Jones as Daniel Blake, who is denied employment and support allowance despite his doctor finding him unfit to work. This is my life. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, like, then I've seen scenes of him like sc- screaming in the middle of like the DWP office. It just looks like a DWP office that I've been to, and like, if I don't know, it feels. Yeah, you know, I just feel something watching that in a way that is very rare uh, because you know, this is specifically like my trauma, right? Like, in a mm. way that is not true of a. Uh, you know, uh, how is that movies. movie received? Very popular. Won the Palm Door. Nothing's changed. Parasite That's... again. Like won the British BAFTA award. For... What if we monetize the rot? Why don't we make a bit of just deeply moving art about how evil this country is towards disabled people? And uh, it was very successful. I am still being the only thing the only reason i'm not currently being jerked around by the dwp is because the whole thing's overwhelmed because we've got a fucking pandemic uh so yeah it's whew, that that one i look at and i'm like i could watch that and then i think i watch that i'm like i can't i literally i can't even look at that <laughs> i might have to watch it you have to let me know how it is okay uh okay uh, we have emails. If you'd like to send emails about anything, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we're going to start with one from Nora that came in like right after we recorded the last episode. Uh, when I lived in Germany, I watched a lot of German TV with my sisters. And now I'm put off by the English voices for the Kung Fu Panda TV show. Uh, I started watching some clips <laughs> of the German Star Wars dubs recently, and it was fun because I know a handful of the words. Do you have any experience watching non-English dubbed movies or English dubbed foreign movies too? But I feel like that's more common. Um, um, not really. Uh, Japanese TNG. Japanese TNG is like Japanese uh, TNG is like a weird thing. We've discovered the, the a lot of the voice actors we really like in anime through doing Gundam are d- doing voices in the Japanese dub of TNG. And if you have the Blu-rays or you VPN into like Japanese Netflix, you can just listen to them. Um, and it's it's a thing I always, I want to do. I've like watched a little bit of it, but like I would like to sit down and enjoy. Uh, was Akio Itsuka doing Riker? Is he's Riker in that, right? I right? believe he is. I believe Bato that's right. himself. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Um, <laughs> so that's that's mine. Otherwise, not not necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't really have much experience with this. I mean, I watch a lot of like English dubbed foreign movies, but like that's a different, yes, thing. That's um, a different thing. And most of that is just out of like curiosity for the form. Um, you know, we try to watch things in the original language. I feel like that's the the natural, like, at least American tendency is to try to get, like, it is a sign of refinement to watch things in the original language. I think that's, like, can often be weirdly snobbish um, and try not mm-hmm. to be like that. But, you know, we still do it. <laughs> we still do it. Uh, this one's from Ian. When I was a kid in the early 2000s, started taking interest in movies. I would go on the TV guide every day and go to all the movie channels, none of which my family had access to, and just read the movie descriptions and look for the ones with the highest ratings. Uh, so I can tell you that the Wind the Chicks of Barley was playing all the time on Star's family of channels around 2008, and I really wanted to watch it and never did. <laughs> if I'm listening to read this email, I finally achieved this dream. Did any of you have weird movie habits like this? Uh, I can't imagine Jackson does, but I feel like this is Destiny's wheelhouse of, like, early film <laughs> watching. 
I did often like watch things about film or read film synopses without actually seeing films just because I considered myself a film student. Uh, any uh, particular, I, you seem like a person who like read TV guide and take notes. I'm like, Oh, I need to. <laughs> well, okay. I did have TV guide, but I, I didn't really do a TV guide. It was mostly just like IMDB. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, you got me pegged. <laughs> I specifically did this, um, every year with the Christmas radio times and they'd have all the, they'd have a section for all the movies over Christmas. And you'd say, Oh, what movies should we watch this Christmas or whatever? And whether I did or not is regardless, but I would definitely take a look at like the Christmas movie guide. Um, the, the, the movies, I, there's a lot of movies I've got into without seeing though. Um, I, uh, it took me about a decade to actually watch cube after being like damn cube's cool and reading bits and seeing clips um was that because and, it was like a build as a horror movie was yeah build the horror okay. movie and then i realized oh, this is probably just a normal movie i can watch but this came out of like me uh every year when the saw movies would come out i would not watch them because you no know, gross and don't like horror but i loved reading the summaries and being like what the fuck's going just on like saw saw I bet I would probably like I, the thing is I think I might be too grossed by it, which is different to my not liking horror. There's a kind of separate things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Even uh, though my thing is my different. thing is like I like goofy gore in movies, uh, mm-hmm. so doesn't bother but me. But the 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 plot of the Saw movie sees is great. There's one. There's a the, one of those is just a clip show. One of those movies is yes. just a clip show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they reframe who the villain is at the end of it, but you know it's just a clip show. They reframe oh. who the villain is at the end of every Saw movie. That's true. And then they had yeah. to condense the last movies into one movie, and then it was it ended it with a big wet fart because they all do all these. You know, they never actually give you the money to finish your horror series because of when the money runs out. Resident Evil finished, thank thankfully, you know. Thankfully, um, the thing is, uh, most of them do not need to end. Like, there's probably never going to be another good like Child's Play movie. But the way that those ended was fine. Like, I'm fine if there's not another one. I'd rather that than they keep remaking them and make them bad, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we've got one from Sean that I, uh, I'm i not going to read in full because it's just a question of how we... Uh, it's a lot of Gundam questions, which I'm trying not to do here. Um, and uh, if we've seen a bunch of these other movies about uh, Ireland, and I haven't seen any of them. It's like Michael Collins and Hunger and Bloody Sunday. I haven't seen any of these. I did Sorry. immediately go seen- and download Michael Collins because... Uh, Camille said you should watch that it will be very funny after this <laughs> <laughs> okay um, and then uh, there was a, the question of uh, how dangerous is ask Killian Murphy or put him in this movie when people might watch this for his eyes and accidentally be converted to Irish Republicanism I hope everyone is converted to Irish Republicanism sounds great <laughs> <laughs> you got, I mean the o- literally the only fun I had with any of the like various goofs that people were doing to like cope with the just general depression of election time uh, was IRA Biden. That was fun <laughs> um, because yeah, you you know, <laughs> some point you got to snap something. Um, and then uh, I, oh, go ahead. You're gonna. I've something. seen in the name of the Father. Uh, just throwing that out there. I don't know what that is. I don't know any of these movies. That's are. Daniel Day Lewis and like. He goes on a hunger strike, I believe. Okay. Yeah, this seems like a big bummer. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, next question. (laughs) 
Just looking up movies. Uh, this is from Alex. Uh, you ever just watch some fucking movies about imperialism? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Having a lot often. of feelings watching this movie about the cost of fighting imperial power and the internal struggles. Do not just change the name on the door and continue on. Um, uh, questions. Do you plan on watching any more Ken Loach movies or have you seen any? Like I said, I haven't seen any, but I'd like to watch more. Maybe not that one Jackson was talking about. It seems bad. <laughs> or not bad, but just hard. Just I don't want to sit through that. <laughs> But it also like blew up because it was like so targeted, right? I mean, yes. all of his movies are like class away, but you can just go watch watch a Ken Loach romantic comedy or something. Yeah, like, I remember when I, I was watch, watching. I the- want to watch something that my friends aren't actively living through, like multiple friends in multiple countries and multiple hell governments, right? You could go watch The Angel Share, which is a movie that from Train Trail that I saw that uh, uh, is about like people in lower class Scotland and everything, and about how they're poor and sad. But it's also just about trying to get some fucking beer. <laughs> uh, uh, they think they're like trying to. I forget the exact premise of the movie. Let me go find what the, what the premise of that movie is. Uh, it is. Uh, it tells the story of a young father who narrowly avoids a prison sentence, determined to uh, turn over a new leaf. Uh, when he and his friends from the same community payback group visit a whis- whiskey distillery, a route to a new life becomes apparent. They are gonna fucking heist the whiskey. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> It's a good time. It's like not as like anywhere near as emotionally impactful as this movie, right? But you know, he makes normal movies. Not that they're not all uh, targeted, uh, you know, in that way. And you can you can tell the ones which are the more targeted because those are the ones that immediately become the most commodified. Yeah, uh, as is always the way. But uh, kind of good. Uh, given the famous quote, there are no anti-war movies, and the fact that the director's English, do you think that the issue with war movies is that they're mostly from an imperialist perspective, either pro and anti-war, and not that anti-war movies inherently promote war? Um, I think kind of, but I think my answer is that anti-war is not a real it is not a you can't be, it's not a thing. It's literally a thing that doesn't exist. So, setting setting aside that, like, pacifists exist right like and i'm not here to like say pacifists are wrong to believe what they believe but like this comes out of the like a very easy opinion when you're the hegemon that they're like the the military is inherently like bad but not in a way that we can do anything about and anyone who wants to like fight someone can find a better way and sit down and talk about stuff like this is like the heart of liberalism we're talking about here (laughs) um and that's just not true when people are occupying your country you need to fuck them up and get them out of your country there is no other way yeah no um but yeah and but that comes because of like a genuine like that is an irreconcilable ideological difference right and the war comes from that so like war is not really an abstract concept you can be pro or for uh because wars are fought for reasons even pacifism doesn't like fail and that's like an individual choice about the belief of picking up a gun yeah Uh, which is different to abstractly saying I'm against war like that. It just doesn't. It's not a. It's not a real stance you can hold. Um, I mean, it is, but it's a stance that means it just means that you don't perceive things right. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. Like people, like the uh, you know, America and just the way culture is would love you to believe that's a real stance you could hold. Yeah, it's uh, it's so bad if you punch not punch Nazis or like deplatform people from speaking. Like you just everyone needs to see at the table. Like we just hear them out, and if they're bad, we'll we'll expunge them. That's what we do, and n- never happened once. Never happened a single time. Um, 
yeah, you know, I think the part where he's English is like fine because clearly his sympathies are with the Irish people. He just has the funds to make the movie, right? Like it's it's all Irish actors. It's an Irish film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I I don't you know maybe there are people who are upset about this movie because it is made by an English guy, but I think that like generally speaking, like Ken Loach has the like socialist bona fides that he is actually a, like genuinely anti-imperialist, uh, in a way that I assume there was not. Uh, I, I I never heard about that being a particular point of controversy. Yeah. I mean, if there's if there's a movie about this stuff from an Irish director that it like there's similarly aligned, movies. let me know. I'd love to watch it. <laughs> yes, there are there are many. It is not like an undercovered area yeah. in filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and then we have some questions, Charlie. Let me see. Uh, if we have not covered any, who's your favorite character in this movie? It's Dan. So it could be Dan. Um. I uh, I think Teddy's like the best acted. I think I think it's just good. Like man, that guy fucking sucks, but it's really well sucks. done. Yeah, I like Chanid. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Chanid's great. The, the specific way the movie, like without drawing too much attention to it, is like a in many ways. Uh, in many scenes that even though it is the focus of these two brothers at the war uh, are very very aware of the role of like women and children as non-combatants in the war and how that is like an advantage but also a disadvantage and you know doesn't actually protect them all the time but sometimes it does and they use it you know very aware of the dynamics of play this and i thought that stuff was really well done yeah um tron asks uh did you need subtitles for this movie yes we we needed subtitles <laughs> the accents were too heavy sure did Weak, you weak. I did not <laughs> need American. subtitles. I um, I feel like I, I by the end of the movie, by the middle point of the movie, I'd pretty much acclimated to most of it. But like, definitely, you're not even talking that accented. I know, I know. It's just sometimes you know, at the I beginning, it's understand. just if your ears not tuned to it, you just don't know how to deal. You handle it. I'm gonna turn on my subtitles for uh, Attack the Block. That's what you're doing. No, attack, look. <laughs> I mean, it's just exposure, right? Like, I've heard way more, like, the British accents of Attack the Block, I've heard them more frequently than I've heard Irish accents. Okay, I guess that is true in America. I guess, sure. We'll give yeah. you that. Um, ba -ba -ba. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to ask this one. Tron asked the, the $64,000 question. Why do you think some leaders who held certain principles give up those principles later on in the revolutions? Amara um, Ray is still asking this. I don't. I mean, I think this movie is really good about showing that that is not true. Uh, I think that's one of the best strengths of this movie is that while it could easily be this and you could take this away from it, I don't think this is a movie about Teddy betraying his principles. I think Teddy has the same principles throughout. Uh, I think like um, uh, Damien develops his principles and his understanding of like socialism throughout the movie, but I don't think that there's like a betrayal ever happening. The movie is about the tensions within like between the actual like people who want to do a proletariat revolution and like you know bourgeois nationalists trying to and throw off imperial the people powers. who want the English out of their country, but like or haven't yes. thought about how far that goes. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't think, I think, I mean, my answer to both these questions, I guess, is like, class interests always is just the, the secret answer to all this, 100% of the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, anything else? Because that's it, otherwise. 
not for me. Not for me. All right. Next time, we are going to be watching Paris is Burning. Um, you know, let Jackson pick one. Let Destiny pick one. Fight it out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this has been a very like, you're directing the conversation one, uh, given interest set and Paris is burning. I think it's going to be a little more Destiny led. <laughs> I, I definitely will not be leading that conversation. I don't know as much as, uh. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, it's good. It's all right. Yes, I just don't have a lot. To, I don't, I didn't know anything about Irish politics. And so it, uh, it was just hard to think of things to talk about. Uh, no, it's fine. You know, uh, sometimes sometimes watching the movies is like that. Um, but this was good. Uh, yeah, Paris is Burning. I don't actually know where it's, it's streaming anywhere. It's available in the places people get stuff, which is the important thing that I checked. Um, let's go to Just Watch. Find out if Paris is Burning is streaming anywhere. It goes in and out of the Criterion channel, but I don't think they have it. Um, so I think it's like a, one of those where sometimes they license it or whatever. Oh, no. This is on this is on Criterion Network. This is on Canopy. You can rent it from Apple. You know. Get it where you get movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's where most people are probably going to be watching it. But, uh, yeah. Excited to watch this. I've seen it before, but it's been probably like almost a decade. So. Yeah, it's been a minute for me, too. And it's I consider it one of my favorite movies. But it'll be nice to revisit it. From where I am it's now. Also, seventy-one minutes long. Yo! Yay! So I expect everyone to come with a second movie next time. Ah, boo! <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I had that Ghibli movie I watched with you, Yo, but yeah. I feel like if you you did a whole podcast on it, it so I don't really yet, have it. Yes. <laughs> it was good. Um. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. Uh, that episode won't be out by the time this goes up. That'll be out in probably like a week. Uh, we watched The Tale of the Princess Kagi. If you want to find that, you can find that uh, on our podcast network, which is abnormalmapping.com, where all our fine podcasts are sold. Um, and then an airplane's name of that one. We're watching through all the Julie movies. We're almost done. Um, we only have two left, and then we're going to watch that documentary and... Uh, the, that might be it. I don't know. We There's a couple things that people have asked us if we're going to watch, and I haven't talked to Autumn about it yet. But There are there are pre-Ghibli Takahata films that we could be watching. We'll see. Um, That's it. You, you can find me on Twitter, EM underscore being. Destiny, where can people find you? At FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter.com. Jackson, plugs. The other you stuff. already just did plug. It's all out of order. It's all out of whack. Yeah, I know. You got to do the Patreon now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm at headfallsoff on Twitter.com, and you can find uh, the Patreon at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping, where you can support us for $1 a month and get The Great Gundam Project, our Gundam podcast. We're halfway through Gundam X right now. Uh, we're recording that with a friend, Austin Walker, and it's great. People, people if you if you just want where we talk about you know <laughs> our communist politics, that's probably the best podcast for it. <laughs> we really do try when we're talking about a movie like this to not you know talk about Ireland and actual history through the lens of fucking Gundam. Like we really try. <laughs> like oh, dude, this movie is just like watching Gundam, which like it is because Tomino is stealing from history. But it's you know it'd be a bit rude and amateurish to do that. Uh, but if you want us to do that on a podcast professionally, <laughs> go listen to GDP. Yeah. 
Um, that's it. Uh, till next time. Uh, movies now more than ever. Actually, that's so not true. They're going to announce the Oscars probably by the next time we record, right? Like that has to be happening <laughs> soon. And what are they going to give Oscars to? Nothing fucking came out. Sonic the Hedgehog, best movie of 2020. Here we go. A, a bunch of movies came out on streaming. Like there's quite a lot of stuff. Did they relax? Just... There has to be in a theater thing for this. I assume they did. I don't think they did, but I think everything got like two days in a theater. Okay. God. <laughs> Fuck movies. Fuck movies. Do not expect, don't expect to like them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>